Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church. We're going to finish up Revelation 14 today. Revelation 14, 6 through 20, the final harvest. And I grew up on a farm, and the harvest time was my favorite time. I loved harvest, harvest. It was so great, unless, as, long, as long as I didn't have to do all the picking <laughs> and all the work. But that was that was so much fun. I remember in the summer, we had hay harvest. None of us liked the hay harvest because they had those little square bales. You had to pick them up and carry them. They didn't have the big round ones picked up by tractors my dad got that after after we left home made it easy uh but uh so we didn't like hey it was hot tough work but uh cherries ooh, i love the cherries oh i love the, the cherry harvest was my favorite that's my favorite fruit uh remember going out and helping my dad with the bombers we'd set up the the, the little cannons out in the orchard to scare the birds away so they would they would go off like a gunshot every you know 20 minutes or something. And we also had these, these cherry bombs, these little like M80 kind of firecrackers. You'd hang them on a, hang them on a, on a tree and they had like a, what are they called? You know, the cord there and you would light the cord that would slowly burn up and blow off one of the cherry bombs. And then another half hour, boom, another one would blow off and it would just keep scaring the birds away. And, or my dad just for fun would like to drive through the orchard and, and we'd be in the truck. I was a little kid at the time. I remember I was like maybe, I don't know, four or something. And I'm sitting in the truck, you know, and, and he would light the, the cherry bomb and throw it as we're driving or he'd stop and throw the cherry bombs just to have fun, scare the birds away. And I remember I was little, I was like, dad, let me throw one, let me throw one. He says, Oh, okay, your mom's not around. So he so, so I, he gave me the cherry bomb, uh, and and these things were pretty strong. Think M80s, think fingers, you're losing fingers. So he said, okay. So he, I remember I was standing outside the truck, and he was standing there, and he 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 uh, he uh, was no, I was actually sitting in the truck. I was sitting in the truck. He was standing outside the truck. I was sitting in the truck, and I was sitting there holding my cherry bomb, and he was like, okay, now I'm gonna light it. Just throw it out there. So he he the door was open, so he lit it. And I got so scared, I dropped it in the truck <laughs> on the floor. And it was ready to go. I just remember my dad grabbed me, throwing me across the truck and diving away. And boom! I felt like I was in a cannon. It was crazy. Yeah, my dad was screaming at me. Why'd you drop it, you crazy kid? But all I heard, all I saw was his lips moving. It was, so, you know, my ears were like ringing, you know. It was crazy. So cherry bombs. But then I would climb up into the trees and eat cherries all day. We even had one right outside my, uh, right outside my bedroom window, really. You could see my cherry tree. I used to climb up in there and just eat cherries all day till I was sick, sick to my stomach. And we also had sour cherries. Sour cherries, they were different. They don't taste very good to eat. But you make that's what you make pies with. And marchino cherries, you make those with sour cherries. But you you make um, you, you you can't can't make a pie with a black cherries, the sweet cherries. You had to use the sour cherries, then you had the sugar. And uh, but uh, so we but to pick those, it was different. We used to have this contraption on the back of the tractor, hydraulic on the back. It was a big clamp, giant hand clamp, and you'd walk back up to it and grab the tree. And you had these like little trampolines on the side, slanted down, going into these vats. And and, and the thing would shake the tree so hard that the, the cherries would fall off. And sour cherries held on a lot. Uh, weren't as firm on on the the stem as sweet cherries, so you could actually shake them. You had to pick the sweet cherries by hand, but you could shake it, and they would all come rolling down into the vat. And then we'd put them in these giant giant tubs with ice, big giant uh, things of ice, and you'd put them on top of a track, uh, on top of a back of a truck, and drive them off to market. And when it wasn't uh, in the summer, when we were done with that, we would use those. We'd fill those big 
tubs up with water and swim in them. That was our swimming pool. That's right. We swam in them. It was better than the pond. Let me tell you that. So, so we would swim in these. So then in the fall, we had grapes. Oh, we loved the, the you know, I love eating the grapes and the apples. Oh boy, we ate a lot of apples. I didn't pick many for my dad, but I ate them. And then we would, then it was corn time. We'd pick the corn, uh, sweet corn and, and the, the field corn was all machine done. And then the garden, boo, we hated the garden. We had a garden that was like a couple of acres. Oh, it was torture. We had to weed that and pick the stuff and then eat it, the squash and all that. We uh, hated it, hated it. Except for the pumpkins. Loved our pumpkins. We always planted pumpkins and we would grow lots of pumpkins, put lots of manure down and grow lots of big, giant pumpkins. In fact, that was my, my job. I would pick these giant pumpkins and little pumpkins. And I even have a picture right here. This is right outside my bedroom window. Uh, there's a horse chestnut tree. It's gone now. I love that horse chestnut. The horse chestnut trees and the little horse chestnuts. That was so much fun. Uh, but see the giant pumpkins and little pumpkins and, and I, we would, these were so big. We used to have to use a tractor bucket to, to move them over there. There some of them were like just huge. And the, the, and we would keep them and the little ones, we would eat those, make them into pumpkin pie, stuff like that. So we had so much fun. Uh, but some of the pumpkins were so big, they would rot. And before we could pick them, they were just, they would rot. So we'd smash them or we'd take the pieces and throw them into the chicken coop. And all the chickens would just eat them down to, to nothing. Uh, and, and then I would take some and throw, sometimes we would, they were so rotten, I didn't feed them to the chickens. We'd throw them out in the manure spreader and go out and spread. When we spread the manure, they would spread out in the, the corn field but crazy thing the next fall guess what we i would go out and look into the corn on the cornfield and find pumpkins everywhere they were all like not as misshapen and smaller and stuff because they were didn't get the sunlight but there were pumpkins everywhere i used to love to find them out in the cornfields uh we had we had lots of fun so i love the harvest love the harvest we're going to see a harvest here in revelation 14 today that's both positive and negative there's a positive and negative part it depends if you have put your faith in Jesus Christ, what kind of harvest you're going to face someday. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would take your word now and prepare us. Prepare us for the harvest. I pray that everyone hearing this would be part of the harvest for Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. I pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, here we go. Revelation 14, 6 to 20. We have five angels making an announcement. Five angels are going to make an announcement. Verse 6. I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Now remember, this is the middle of the tribulation. We just got a glimpse of heaven. The Lamb and his 144,000. And now, just following that what happened in heaven and, and all that's going on in heaven, uh, the worship and, and all that. The Now we are going to see what's ha- going to happen to the earth. It's a whole different scene. Uh, all heaven just broke loose and now all hell is going to break loose. Right? So this angel, he proclaims to those who live on the earth, the first angel, to, to, to every nation, tribe, language, and people, he said in a loud voice, Fear God and give Him glory because the hour of His judgment has come. Worship Him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on the hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured 
full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning sulfur in in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. Wait till we get to that one. Verse 12, this calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. That's us, hopefully. Verse 13, then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, yes, says the Spirit, they will rest in their labors for their deeds will follow them. Verse 14, I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to him who was sitting on the cloud, Take your sickle and reap because the time to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who has seated... So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was harvested. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another angel who had charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grape from the earth's vine because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. They were trampled in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horse's bridle for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Woo! So here we go, here we go. We're going to start with the fourth and fifth angels because, well, you'll see why. We're going to start with the fourth and fifth announcements, first of all. The fourth one is verse verse 14 through 16. And once again, I'm trying to my best to see here. 14 through 16, I looked and there before me was a white cloud and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple and called in a loud voice to whom was sitting in the, on the cloud, take your sickle and reap because the time to reap has come for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who was seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth and the earth was harvested harvested. So we see the first one. We're going to look at this in detail in Revelation 16. We're not going to go into it today. When we hit Revelation 16, the bold judgments, Jesus Christ is poised with his sickle. Uh, a sickle, most people don't know what those are anymore, but when I grew up on the farm, we, there were still some wooden sickles around these. These You would hold it with two hands, two handles, and then off was a sharp we had wooden, wooden sickle, and there was a, a metal sharpened edge along it that was nailed to it. And that's what they used to harvest before I was born. Uh, going out, and they would go through the wheat field or the hay field and slice it down, cut it down, holding that sharp sickle. And then they would come on later and rake it up and, and make it into piles and harvest it. And these sickles were very, very sharp, and they would just sweep through and swoop it down, swoop down the wheat, swoop down the hay. <clears throat> uh, we still used them a little bit for weeds and stuff, had a little bit of fun with them. They're all gone now, I think. Maybe my brother has one of them stored up somewhere. But now they now we use mechanical choppers. You know, something you pull on the back of the the 
tractor, it's a mower, it would mow and, and cut down the weed, or cut down the hay, and cut down the wheat, and, and chop it, you know, even mow it, and pick it up, and chop it up, and uh, it's a whole different thing now, but that's what the sickle do, is would just, would harvest, it was harvest, okay, very sharp, so then we're going to hit that in Revelation chapter 16, the fifth one is another harvest, the final harvest is, I'm going to read that, verse 17. Another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Still another, an angel who had charge of the fire, came from the altar and called in a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, Take your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes from the earth's vine, because its grapes are ripe. The angel swung his sickle on the earth, gathered its grapes, and threw them into the great winepress of God's wrath. They were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed out of the press, rising as high as the horse's bridles for a distance of 1,600 stadia. Woo! So once again, we're going to look at this in detail in Revelation 16. We're going to wait till Revelation 16. This is Ar talking about Armageddon when all the armies of earth are going to come against Israel. Jesus is going to come riding out with his, his army out of heaven on his white horse. And he's going to save Israel. But while he's doing that, the armies of the earth, all millions and millions of soldiers are going to turn on Jesus and try to fight him. <laughs> Ooh! It won't be pretty. Wait till we get there. It won't be pretty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be gruesome. It's like ants fighting against, you know, us, an ant trying to attack us. It's crazy, right? It, 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 it's going to be gruesome. Jesus is going to take his sickle here, you know, and it's just going to be like a, think of the, the mower being pulled and just mowing and chopping the, the hay or the corn right behind the, the tractor, just chopping it up. I remember sometimes terrible accident, there'll be an animal hiding in the hay and it would get mowed and chopped up and it was just gruesome to see the poor animals oh i saw terrible things in the farm but anyway um we felt, used to feel so bad about that we just try to scare all the animals out of the hay little little deer was, anyway i'm not gonna go into detail i'm gonna traumatize some of you but hey if you don't want to be traumatized get saved because this is what's going to happen on the earth you don't like gory movies or gory things uh get saved now and get out you know get out while the getting out is good while the getting is good uh it, it's, it's going to be terrible the grapes of you talk about grapes of wrath that's what we're looking at here the grapes we get the word grapes of wrath the grapes uh, are are taken and the, there's their people are they going to put in the vat and then you just like you stomp on grapes god's going to stomp on the people and the wine flows out only this time it's blood flowing out talks about the valley of jehoshaphat that the blood will flow out blood up to a horse's bridle that that high we're not sure if it's because the blood is mixing with the river that flows is going to be flowing through there or if it's going to be pure blood we don't know but we know there's going to be lots of blood lot millions and millions of soldiers coming against israel and trying to fight jesus christ the followers of the antichrist are going to fight jesus christ he's going to stomp the blood is going to flow the river of blood once again we don't know if it's water mixing with the blood or just pure blood but it's going to flow 200 miles as far as the dead sea is what it's talking about here going to be crazy if you don't want to be uh, you don't like scary bloody horror movies uh, get out you know get saved and and get raptured or or if we're not raptured at this point two-thirds chance 66 percent chance pretty good chance but uh about well we will probably be killed by the antichrist before this anyway but anyway uh so that's the the fifth one now
let's go to the second angel. And once again, we're not going to hammer out this one. We're going to save this one for another time. As you see, this is going to be in chapter 17 and 18 in detail. But the second angel says, A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations of the earth drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. We're going to see this in chapter 17 and 18 uh, when we're going to really go into detail on Babylon's fall. But today I want to focus on the first and third angel because the other ones we're going to deal with later, but these are only here pretty much. So I want to focus on the first and third angels. And the first one, the first angel is verses 6 and 7. Verses 6 and 7 where it says, Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He said in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made the heavens and the earth, the sea and the springs of water. And so we see the gospel proclaimed. The first angel proclaims the gospel, which is very interesting that God uses an angel here because because the gospel, sharing the gospel is our job. It's human beings' job. That's our job. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. The Great Commission was given to us, was given to the church. So why, knowing that, why does God use an angel here? Why does he use an angel here to share the gospel when it's the job of the church that he gave to the church? Well, one reason is hopefully there's already been a rapture. 66% chance of a rapture, right? We're hoping 100%. So most Christians would be gone by this time if that's the case. So that's one reason. Uh, another reason is persecution. There's going to be intense persecution. And the church at this time is going to be underground. And if they expose themselves to share, they're going to be killed very, very quickly if they try to witness. Think of North Korea, what's happening in North Korea. Christians literally have to live under the ground. Crazy. Also, at this time, the media will be controlled by the Antichrist. The Antichrist. There's only going to be one news network. It's going to be the Antichrist. And he, this, this media won't report the truth. It will only give out a twisted perspective. It will just belch out propaganda day after day, brainwashing the people. Can you imagine that happening? It's hard to believe that the media could get like that. <coughs> anyway, uh, also there will be a one world church at this time. Remember the, the false prophet is going to be controlling the one world church, which is going to be all, we've already talked about that. If you didn't hear that, go back, listen to Revelation 13. But all uh, the apostate church will be melding together with all the world religions and the gospel will not be preached in these church there will be no, we're going to see this in revelation 17 more detail but there, there will be no gospel preached just like most the majority of churches in the usa today don't preach the gospel even the evangelical ones i i'll listen to these guys and they 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 never preach the gospel they forget the apostate, the main lines, the, you know, the, the non, the, which is the majority. They they never they don't even believe the gospel. But even the gospel believing churches don't preach it. They don't preach. I'm sitting there listening to the sermon, and I'm just waiting for for the the the, the final you know drive home the gospel. And the, people don't preach it. Pastors don't preach the gospel. There should you should never 
ever end a sermon without the gospel of Jesus Christ clearly taught. That could be the people's last chance. Only time visiting your church. Only time turning on your podcast. Only time, last chance to hear the gospel. Someone may be facing eternity. Last chance to hear. Never, ever finish a sermon without clearly teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never do it. Never. But most churches, even Bible-believing, gospel-preaching, evangelical churches, don't do that. Don't preach the gospel. And so, uh, the One World Church sure won't do it. And, and, and when they'll reach a point where the gospel is not preached in any of the churches, unless it's an underground church, right? So, God gives the world, human population, one last chance with this angel proclaiming the gospel. Is that amazing grace? One last chance. Matthew 24. In Matthew 24, 12, it says this. Because of the, talking about the, the, just before the second coming, Jesus says, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will go cold, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Exclamation point. This angel's pronouncement Sharing the gospel one last time. It's an exclamation point because Jesus is getting ready to come here. Exclamation point. Uh, and the gospel, what does the gospel mean? It means good news. The good news. But there's judgment if we don't accept the good news. There's good news in the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But if we don't accept it, it it's not, it's not going to be good news. It's going to be judgment. Judgment. Today, most popular ministries, most Popular preachers today do not preach the gospel. They preach a, a, a false gospel. They preach that God is just love. God is love. There's no hell. There's no judgment. Well, they don't mention any of those things. There's no such thing as sin. They don't mention any of those things. No, God is just love. One of the most, well, the guy with the biggest church in America. I saw him on a talk show uh, years ago. I saw him. And they were asking, what do you think about sin? Oh, I just don't like to talk about sin. With his big smile. You know who I'm talking about. And, and selling his books. And what about hell? Oh, I don't like to talk about hell. I don't like to talk about hell. I want a big church. I want more money. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. And it was pathetic. It, it, the false teachers, unbelievable. They won't address sin or hell. And so people aren't getting saved. They preach a false gospel. Yes, God is love. John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Yes, God is love. I finish every sermon I've ever preached with that verse. You're probably sick of it. Get used to it. Someone once said to me, this woman once said to me, Ooh, we're not friends anymore. But she said, Why do you always do John 3.16 at the end of a sermon? What? Why are you so stuck on that? I said, <laughs> said, If you don't want to hear John 3.16, you better go to another church. You better go to another church because I will always preach John 3.16. <laughs> and if you're sick of it, you've got a spiritual problem. If you're sick of me sharing that with people, you've got a problem. And she did. Anyway, we're not friends anymore. But anyway, the John 3.16, God is love. God is love. Yes, he's love. But don't forget John 3.36, which follows just on the heels of that. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. That is the gospel, God's love and God's wrath. And you've got to pick. You've got to choose. Put your faith in Jesus Christ, give your life to him, or reject him and suffer 
God's wrath, which we're going to see some more here. And, and it's interesting that when preaching the gospel here, this angel, when he's preaching that, it's interesting that he includes creation. Why would he include creation in the gospel? Because that is part of the gospel. You can't miss creation. Psalm 19 verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of His hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. He said, David speaking through the Holy Spirit says, "The, the heavens and the earth and creation is constantly saying, there is a God. There is a God. Every time you see the sun shining it's saying there is a God you look up into the the night sky the angel the, 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 the stars are saying there is a God there is a God you walk through creation it's the springtime right now it's just beautiful and you walk through and you see all the amazing blossoms and flowers and, and just everything it's saying there is a God there is a God it's showing us there is a God and, and there, there's so there's, you can't miss it. It's showing us there is a God. And so many people, when I, when you witness to them, if you've ever done witnessing, I hope you do, when you do witnessing, when you're, you're sharing the gospel with them, they'll often say, yeah, but what about, what about the, 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 the native in deep dark Africa in the jungle who's never heard about Jesus? What about them? What about them? Well, you know, I always come back with, well, What's the Bible? You have heard the gospel. Let's worry about you. <laughs> Let's worry about you. You have heard it. So, you, what about you? Are you hearing it right now? What are you going to do? But they always want to talk about that person who's never heard because it's a smoke screen. It's really just a smoke screen. They, they really don't want to put their faith in Jesus Christ is what they're saying, right? But, but, the Bible also addresses that using Psalm 19, 1 to 4, the Apostle Paul in Romans, Romans 10, verse 17. Listen to what he says in verse 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the words of Christ. But I ask, but I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. He, he applies Psalm 19, saying they've all heard the gospel. They know there is a a God. They all know there's a gospel. And the Bible teaches that if someone's heart is truly open, they will see God in creation. And if they truly search for Him, there's a promise in Scripture that they will find Him. Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek Me and find Me when you seek for Me with all your heart. It's a promise in God's Word. Think of Philip and the Ethiopian. God made sure that that Ethiopian writing by himself, you know, that Philip you know, was, was transported to him and shared the gospel with him and he got saved right there. Think of the Gentile centurion Cornelius who was searching for God and, 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 and the angel sent Peter to him. God will make sure someone's truly seeking, someone who sees creation and knows there's a God and wants to know that one true God, God will make sure that person hears the gospel and is saved. It's a it's it, it's in scripture. But the real issue for most people, this is just a smoke screen when they bring that up. The real issue is 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 we don't want to receive it. Our will, our hearts are hardened, our mind our heads are our minds are darkened. Our minds are darkened. And and that's the real problem. We're seeing that happening in our in our world today. I remember when I was in high school and college, the big movement was secular humanism. Remember that? Secular humanism. And and it laid the foundation that rejected 
God, rejected creation. It birthed something much, much worse, which we're seeing happen right now. The whole world now is has been is we're seeing the 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 what this has birthed, the evil that this has birthed. The whole world is moving in a very dangerous direction. It's being prepared. It's setting for the Antichrist. The stage is set for the Antichrist, a popular world leader that makes evil sound good, that there's no absolutes. That's not a baby. That's a choice. You know, it's sick what's going on. Our president just signed using federal funding to, to take aborted babies and harvest them using federal funds to take their body parts and test and and, and, he, and he, he these are some courageous bishops Catholic bishops that stood up to him and and said this is wrong and and he said this you this is science and and I could still be a good Catholic and do this and this is for the good of people and we need to do this it's sickening I don't know why this man hasn't been excommunicated Where's the Pope? Apostate. Apostate. But there's courageous bishops and courageous priests still speaking up for the truth. Thank God for that. There's still a remnant in the the Roman Catholic Church. It's shrinking, but there's a remnant. Are you part of that remnant if you're in the Catholic Church? I I hope you are. Uh, It's shrinking in in all the churches. The remnant shrinking in all the churches. But this, the stage is set. The world has been brainwashed. Our youth through the public schools have been brainwashed. You talk about the Hitler youth. <laughs> They've been brainwashed. They don't even believe there's a gender anymore. They don't believe, they're like wacky what's going on, right? The Hitler youth are being prepared for the Antichrist. The, 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 the Antichrist will come and promise world peace. He will seemingly even achieve it in the Middle East, which looks impossible to us. Uh, he will require total obedience. Remember chapter 13, total obedience. Receive my mark, 666, or death. We're not sure what that means, but you better be careful what you let yourself be put on, put tattooed. Uh, we see it being prepared even now. How people are just going to cave in. Look at what happened with coronavirus. Wear a mask. You know, you know, stay inside. You take this vaccine. Now you're going to have to have prove that you have this vaccine, which by the way uses aborted abortion technology. <clears throat> uh, we're not going to go there today. But, but it's all preparing. It's all preparing the world to to follow the Antichrist, the whole coronavirus thing is the coronavirus is not the Antichrist, but it's used. He's, it's being used by the spirit of the Antichrist to prepare people for total control. And we and listen, we everybody is in extreme danger of taking that mark. So God, even at this time in Revelation, so God makes a supernatural exception and allows an angel not just to share the gospel, but to warn people against the mark. Let's look at the third angel in verses 9 through 12. Listen to what the third angel announces to all the whole world in Revelation Revelation 14 with verse, sorry, I'm once again trying to see all this, verse 9. He's, listen to the third angel. A third angel followed them and said in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or on the hand, he too will drink of the wine of God's fury, which has been poured out full strength into the cup of his wrath. He will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and of the Lamb, and the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. Forever. There is no rest day or night for those who worship the beast and his image or for anyone who receives the mark of his name. This calls for patient endurance on the part of the saints. 
who obey God's commandments and remain faithful to Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Wow, the consequences of taking the mark is hell. There will be hell to pay. A lot of people say, oh, hell's not eternal, and you, you know, it's, it's not real, and blah, blah. Well, here it is. Spell out very clearly, eternal. You know, it's unbelievable. Everyone who takes the mark of the beast will spend eternity in hell. Verse 12 says that's why it takes patient endurance on the part of the saints. You are going to have to endure. Anybody who's a Christian during this time, whether you, you missed the rapture or whether the rapture is not yet, we're hoping it is, but not yet, you better endure. Don't take the mark because you're going to have to choose hell on earth or hell in eternity. You're going to have to choose this. Don't take it. And I'm afraid that many who claim to be Christian, I have no doubt Half of those who claim to be Christian in America, I believe, are going to take the mark. I believe because I see how they just cave in on everything. They cave in on anything. They've already been brainwashed. They're compromising already. They're already conformed to the world. I have no doubt many, many who claim to be Christian in America are going to take the mark of the beast. No doubt about it. And, and but, but don't, I'm warning you, don't take it. Verse 13, he says, yes, you're going to die. You're going to die. All right. But, but you're going to have rest now because persecution ends. After you die, there's no more persecution and your deeds will follow you. You're going to have rewards in heaven for all of eternity. Works do not get us into heaven, but we're going to be rewarded for our works, right? It's very important that we do get rewarded for them. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and this not for yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We are saved by faith, not works. But then verse 10 says, For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. He says, you're not saved by, by works, you're saved by faith completely. You have nothing to do with salvation. But after salvation, works are very, very important. That's why he saves us. So we could live holy lives, so we could do good things on this earth, so we could be a witness. They're very, very important. Uh, they show that our faith is real. They don't save us, but it sh- faith does that, but it shows that our faith is real. Good works must follow, must follow. All right? Got that cleared up. Alright, in fact, the Bible, so back, back to this whole, the whole consequences of taking the mark, but the Bible clearly teaches that anyone who takes the mark of the beast is going to spend eternity in hell. The Bible teaches that anybody who does not put their faith in Jesus Christ is going to spend eternity in hell. Romans 20, jump ahead, we're going to get to that someday. Uh, not too long, actually, not too long. Revelation 20, in Revelation 20, verse 12, it says this. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Verse 15, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Anyone who has not put their faith in Jesus Christ will be thrown into the lake of fire. It's going to, it's going to happen. Hell is horrible. Hell is eternal. There's no second chance. There's no such thing as purgatory. That's a human invention to make some some cash off of the gullible, right? There's no such thing in God's Word anywhere. There's no such thing as a second chance in God's Word. Hebrews 9, 27, Just as man is destined to die once, 
And after that, the face judgment. Not get another chance, but the face judgment. We, we get one chance at, at putting our faith, and that is in this life, just as man is destined to die once, and after that, the face judgment, there is no second chance. There is no annihilation. A lot of Christians even think, well, we'll just be annihilated, disappear. You know, I would love for that to be true. I would hope it's true, but it goes against God's word, so I don't ever share it. No, 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 no. And if you want to argue that hell is not eternal, well, at least here, very clearly, for the billions of people on earth that take the mark of the beast, take the mark, the billions that take that mark, they, it says clearly, the smoke of their torment rises forever and ever. There is no rest day or night. It's going to go for all of eternity. Billions. There will be more people on earth this time that die following the Antichrist than think of how many billions of people are going to spend eternity in hell. And not just them. We know everybody who does not put their faith in Jesus Christ is going to spend eternity in hell. I, it's, this is not a popular position in the USA today. It's been re-imaged and reimagined and and Oprah says there's no such thing and many evangelical pastors I use that term loosely they're false fake frauds they even teach that there's no such thing as hell half of born again Christians believe there's no such thing as hell that means there's only half as many born again Christians as they think there are that it's it's a it, you it's it's listen I hate the thought of hell it haunts me but that's why we share the gospel because we don't want anybody to go there jesus didn't want anybody to go there jesus taught on hell 28 times he taught on hell more than he talked about heaven he talked about hell more than and he talked about more than anybody else in the scripture jesus did why because he created hell and he created it for satan and his demons the fallen angels and he doesn't want us to go there that's why he preached on it so many times and warned us against it that's why he died on the cross for us so that we won't have to go to hell that's why he was tortured and died on a cross took our sins upon him so that we could go to heaven. But it's our choice. Will you accept Jesus, put your faith in him, or reject him? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's your choice to believe on him or not. John 3.36 John 3.36 says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. You choose faith in Jesus or hell. Faith in Jesus' rejection. Heaven or hell. Well, you have to make that choice. And if you don't make that choice, you are making that choice. You, If you don't put your faith in Jesus, you are making the choice to reject Him and to spend eternity in hell. What will you choose? The harvest of God, of the gospel or the harvest of judgment? Heaven or hell? God wants us in heaven so badly that he sacrificed his one and only son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He allowed his son to come to this earth and suffer and be tortured and to die and to be separated from his son for our sin. If you reject, if you accept that God's love, you, awesome. But if you reject what God has done to make a way for us to be in heaven with Him someday and to, and have a relationship with Him, listen, you, you, there'll be hell to pay. 
This could be your last warning. Right now, we don't know. Coronavirus has taught us anything. We don't, you're not guaranteed the next breath, the next heartbeat. We, we, this could be your last warning. Just like that angel gives a last warning, this could be your last warning. We don't know if we're going to have it tomorrow. Just like that angel's announcement, this could be your last chance. Don't waste it. I remember one time I, I, when I was a youth pastor, I did that for 10 years, and I was a youth pastor, and I remember I, I was uh, giving one of the kids a ride home, one of the young men, and then uh, uh, giving him a ride, and I was sharing the gospel, and this guy was visiting the youth group, and he wasn't a Christian, I knew it, and I was sharing the gospel clearly, I had a captive audience, whew, you ride in the car with me too long, you're going to hear it, right? And I was sharing the gospel, and I got through the whole gospel, and, and I was really wrestling with it. And he's like, and I'll never forget, he's like, yeah, I believe, but I'm just not ready yet. I'm just not ready. I just don't want to give up all the things I want to do yet. I, he was a you know, junior in high school, and, and there's a lot of things I want to do that I know God doesn't want me to do, and I want to keep on doing them. So he, I, just, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't want to, I'm not ready. I go, but what if you die some Die. What if you were to die and stand before God and, and you haven't put your faith in Jesus? And I'll never forget, he says, I'll worry about that when I get there. I never forgot it. Short time later, we got the news that he died in a car accident. This young man died in a car accident. And i never forget, everybody came to the church all the youth groupers who knew him, they brought him to youth group. They were friends with him, and, and all of his non-Christian friends were there. And it was quite a—it was a mob of young people, just in mourning, and just in shock, just upset. And 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 it was really, really sad. And I'll never forget. I overheard two of his friends who weren't Christians talking, and and I'll never forget. They were they were talking, and the one said, "Oh, what so sad? He was supposed to be at a concert today. He was supposed to be at a concert. And I can't remember the name of the concert, but it was a, it was not a." Christian band. <laughs> it was a pretty bad group. And he, and he had tickets to that concert. Can you believe it? Oh, so sad. And the other guy goes, yeah, there's, there's a ticket going to waste tonight. And I'll never forget, it just hit me. That's not the only ticket being wasted tonight. He wasted a free ticket into heaven. All he had to do was put his faith in Jesus Christ. Ask Jesus to forgive him of his sin. But because he rejected Jesus, he is in hell today. This was 40 years ago now. He's still in hell this day. And it's just beginning. It's just beginning hell. This could be your last chance. Will you respond? As Christians, are we sharing the gospel? Are we sharing the gospel? Are we, are we working for eternity? Are we focusing on lasting rewards, eternal rewards? And that is by helping with the harvest now. In John chapter 4, verse 35, listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields that are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that I'm going to have to look it up. Uh, Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the, the benefits of their labor. Jesus says, get out there and harvest. Harvest. Share the gospel. Lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. Reap the harvest. Reap the awards. And remember, that could be as you share the gospel, as you see someone and try to talk to someone. I'm constantly throwing out hooks, throwing out hooks, throwing out hooks. You know, just trying to get people to have some spiritual interest so that I can 
keep going with that conversation, constantly looking for that chance, praying for that chance. And, and, but that could be that person's last chance to hear the gospel, their last chance to, to accept the gospel. And don't worry about how they respond. Don't worry about if they put their faith in Jesus. That's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is to share the gospel, to share John 3.16. That's our job. The Holy Spirit does the rest. Yeah, we try to get them to pray and put their faith in Christ, but, but there's, no, there's no pressure on us. The only pressure on us is being faithful and obedient and sharing the gospel, fulfilling the Great Commission. Let's pray. Who is God putting on our heart right now? Who is the Holy Spirit convicting us of right now? Someone that he has been telling us, knocking on our heart, telling us, share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share John 3.16 with this family member, this friend, this person at work, this person at school, at college, on your team, on the softball field, standing there with the parents. What person? Who is God calling us to share the gospel with? Maybe it's beyond that. Maybe it's giving the missions. Maybe it's going on mission trips. But we're all called to the harvest. Where is God calling us across the street or around the world? Where is he calling us to share the gospel? Who could we send an email to or a text or send the gospel on from something off the internet? A clear gospel message. So maybe we were afraid to tell them, say, listen, I just want to ask you to watch this. Watch this clear, clear teaching about Jesus. Just, just take five minutes and watch this. Who is God calling us to share that with? Will we reap a harvest? Will we reap a harvest? And maybe you are the harvest. Maybe you're the person. You still have not put your faith in Jesus. If you haven't put your faith in Jesus, then you have rejected him. You have a choice. You have a choice. Put your faith in Jesus or reject him. God's love or God's wrath? Heaven or hell? You have that choice and I want to encourage you to make that decision now. Don't wait. You don't know that you can wait. Make it now. The prayer of faith, God, I repent of my sin. I repent of everything in my life that goes against your word, that goes against your word, that goes against your will for me. I repent of that. I don't want the garbage of the world anymore. I don't want Satan's lies anymore. I don't want the emptiness of sin anymore. It's empty. I don't want it. I ask you to forgive me. I turn away from that. I ask you to forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ, my trust in Jesus, my hope in Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus to forgive me, to wash me clean. I put my faith in Jesus. What he did on that cross, shedding his blood, which washes me. I put my faith in his death for me, to pay for my sin. I put my faith in him. I give my life to Jesus. I want that new life he gives, just that resurrection life that he can give because of his own resurrection. I want that brand new life. I put my faith in Jesus. If you need to rewind this and listen to that prayer over and over again, pray through it, do it. 
If you have just put your faith in Jesus, you have passed from a harvest of judgment to a harvest of life. You have gone from hell to heaven. You have gone from hell on earth to heaven on earth because you now have real life here. Not a counterfeit lying life. You have real life here now because the Holy Spirit is in you. You have Jesus Christ now. You have God's word now. And you can live a brand new life in Jesus Christ prepared for what's coming our way to this planet. Father, I pray that every person who hears this will put their faith in you and then every person will go out and share their faith with everyone. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have put your faith in Jesus, you've taken that step of faith, tell somebody. Tell someone so that they can encourage you and be excited for you and help you grow. If you don't have anybody to tell, tell me. Uh, email me, Chuck Wilson. I'm at nhcc at comcast.net. I will be excited for you. I will help you get grounded. I will send you materials and get you connected with a, a good Bible study or church or somebody. I will help you. All right? God bless, and we'll see you next time when we get into Revelation 15. It's going to get hot. I hope you put your faith in Jesus today. It's going to get hot. Okay.